0: Every generation says it, the end is
1: near. So forever there's been biblical confusion on how close we are to the end. Just 20 years ago, the Psalm 83 war would have seemed impossible. But because of recent events, like in 2005, the Gaza disengagement set the stage. Things like uh, Arab Spring in 2011.
0: It's time to explain to people the possibility of the Psalm 83 war.
2: We are so glad you've joined us today for our series all about Armageddon. I don't believe it's by coincidence that right now is this series, right? That's right. There's so much
0: going on in the world today. There's been wars of Israel and Hamas, and people are wondering what's going on. That's why our series is called Roadmap to Armageddon. le Armageddon. It's the time where we're gonna see these chronological steps that it takes to get to that battle. And some people think, oh, it could happen any day now. No, there
1: are prerequisites that must occur before it can take place. We know people have had questions for years about this topic. And you don't usually want to ask the the questions because you don't want to be that guy. But (laughs) we are going to put everybody in the same position to learn. So get your pen and paper, get out those lists. We're going to show you all guys what the Roadmap to Armageddon is all about.
2: Right now, let the journey begin. Let's go.
0: Hey everybody, I'm Joshua. And I'm Caleb. And we are brothers. That's right. Today we're going to talk about... Oh, Are you supposed to turn your phone
3: off? Sorry. Hey, it's Jeff. Oh.
1: Gentlemen. What's up, Jeff?
3: There's a song in culture from my day, maybe I'm dating myself, called Stairway to Heaven. It's not particularly religious, but I'm thinking of this because we're going to be looking at the highway to hell. We're going a different direction. In this case, it's not a rock group singing. It's the Rock of Ages who offers a telling of the ragged edge of human history. Gentlemen, in this series, you are tasked to open up the book. Have a look. Take us to the pages. Go back through the ages. Take us to the places. Don't just tell the story. Put your feet on the solid ground that is Israel and explore with us The viewers, what's going to happen at the ragged edge of time?
1: Yeah, I
0: am. (laughs) Welcome to the internet. This is Team Strike Force. We're ready for Israel.
3: (laughs) Off you go, gentlemen, to look at the War of Wars as you consider the roadmap to Armageddon.
0: Every generation says it. The end is near, so forever there's been biblical confusion on how close we are to the end. Why? Because most Christians don't read the Bible. Instead, they derive all their apocalyptic knowledge from pop culture. In fact, this has become an obsession recently with young adult media and post-dystopian period entertainment.
1: But Kurt Cameron's already made all those movies about the rapture. What What else is there to talk about, brother?
0: Most. Christians, Josh, believe the Tribulation has already started, even though the Beast hasn't
1: ratified a peace treaty between Israel and her enemies yet. What if, what if, we made like a felt board, and it had like a timeline for everything that was gonna happen before everybody gets, uh, you know? I
0: can't believe I'm gonna say this, Josh, but that's not a bad idea. Yes, I
1: knew it, felt saves lives.
0: Not a felt Josh but a timeline, actually a roadmap, a roadmap through Israel showing everyone step-by-step the chronological steps it takes to reach Armageddon.
1: Oh yeah, okay, like an idiot's, uh, like a Cliff Notes guide to everything's gonna happen in Armageddon. Yeah, I like that idea. Hey, come get some shawarma though. Like, uh, not the the idol worship shawarma, the one that everybody's gonna tell go to hell with, but like the good Old Testament shawarma, you know, the one that's like vitically sound. I think that'd be wonderful.
0: You know, there's actually a rogue event that could possibly take place before the rapture that actually sets up all the events to come, including the battle of Gog and Magog. It's time to explain to people the possibility of the Psalm 83 war.
1: Like, I don't know, 100 hours. We, made it. we finally made it. We are here in the promised land. Flowing with milk and honey, I see it everywhere. It's really supposed to be 9 o'clock in the morning, but it's really 5 p.m. <laughs> so I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. I've got three hours of sleep. <laughs> you on, huh? Where's your cardio at now? <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, guys, the next event on God's prophetic calendar is the Psalm
1: 83 war. And already nations are in alignment to form a coalition against Israel. Cool. what Brother, if you're going to keep using big words nobody understands, nobody's going to learn everything. What we need to do is go find all this koala stuff you're talking about, get pictures of it, show ourselves with selfies with it, then people are going to believe what we're saying is actually true. Okay, so where are we going to go to teach about
0: Psalm 83?
1: Uh, Damascus?
3: Damascus. Yeah. Kind cool. of dangerous, I don't uh, think so. How about Amman, Jordan? Maybe not. Gaza
1: Strip. No.
3: <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Well, Egypt, Egypt. Egypt, lovely place, maybe next time.
1: What about the border of
3: Lebanon? That we can do. We'll
1: do yes. the right. <laughs> 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 get it before. Yes, score. Performance right there, come on. <laughs> Let's give it a slow-mo. <laughs> That's us! I'm
3: supposed
1: to share what I feel about this, this, the scene. What? Uh, nobody does this anymore. It's not Survivor. Hey, everybody, I'm Joshua. I'm going to give you a behind the scenes look at how I'm feeling emotionally in this scene, which I can tell you, it's dumb. Oh, okay. Now that's beautiful. Oh, I feel okay. Do I work out? Yeah, I do. Brother's going to have to hit the gym. I mean, Hey, well, we're here in Israel. I think I can get used to this. Nice. Banana split, some cheeseburgers coming up, baby. Oh, damn it! It's not kosher. <laughs> Let me just tell you, I'm more than a little bit jet-lagged, but we finally made it to our hotel here in Galilee. You can probably see the sea behind me if you squint hard enough. We're going to have to get some rest because, well, we got a lot ahead of us. At sunset
0: tonight, guys, begins the Feast of Sukkot. I don't think it's by accident that we're here during the Feast of Tabernacles. That's a foreshadowing, a reminder that Yeshua wins at the end of the day, that he will tabernacle with man, and we will rule and reign with him for a thousand years. But there's a lot of bad that happens before that, and that's gonna be part of a journey you're gonna come
1: on us with these next few weeks. So tomorrow we get up early, we head to the northernmost city on the border of... Lebanon. Lebanon, I thought it was Lebanon. I just wanted to make sure. I've also got to find it from the hotel if I can get a different one. I think this is a medium. It wasn't intended for my size person. Uh, Join us, guys.
0: What you see there, stage one of sleep deprivation. You can
1: hear the music, but no one else can. I told them, if we're gonna travel all around the country, we gotta do it in style but we should also be unexpected. I was thinking smart car. Oh, a Jeep. Okay, I mean, it's not much bigger than my coach seat on the airplane, but it can climb over stuff. Let's, uh, let's see if we can get me in this thing. Does anybody have Crisco?
0: Guys, to understand Psalm 83, we have to look at the context first and its offer. Asaph the seer, Josh. Uh, Asaph was not a conventional prophet, a beat. In Hebrew, one that would deliver a message from the Lord. He was a roeh or a hose, someone who who saw things in the future and then wrote them down, chronicled what he saw. Uh, he was a a poet, a musician, and he wrote uh, Psalm 50 and 73 through 83. Yes, he
1: did. Yeah. Asaph was the chief among the Levites uh, and the musicians at the Tabernacle of David, mm-hmm. and around that was 1000 BC. Yeah, he wrote prophetic psalms. Uh, He gave them to the chief musicians Mm -hmm. so that they could play them. Uh, I believe his favorite instrument was was clanging. The cymbals! The the cymbals, he loved that. It's
0: my instrument of choice.
1: Psalm 83 was a prophetic paradigm that was written. And it caused a lot of controversy. Um, But that's uh, a cry of deliverance to God. Yes,
0: from a future enemy, Josh. A coalition that was intent on destroying Israel.
1: Psalm 83, 1 through 4. Do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace, and do not be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make a tumult, and those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people, and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, Come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. That was heavy. We were recently talking with Shaul, our very good friend, Israeli-born master of the Hebrew tongue, talking about the repetition in verse 1. Three times, Asaph implores Adonai to rise up against the enemy. He implores the Father, the Son, the Ruach HaKodesh. In
0: verse 3, it says, They've taken crafty counsel against your people. They've consulted against your sheltered ones. Sheltered is very interesting because we are here at Kiria Shmona, the further city to the north on the border of Lebanon. There are shelters throughout this entire city, bomb shelters because of rockets that rain down upon this city. Well, shelter would better be translated as hidden ones from the Hebrew word Zafun, which is the same word used to describe the Afikoman in the Passover Seder. So these, this coalition that's coming against Israel is trying to discover the hidden secret behind Israel's success. Uh, Just like with Samson and the Philistine trying to find out his secret to to lead to his downfall.
1: I've kind of learned that when they start asking me my secret, don't answer. Just like that, the second somebody walks up in the parking lot and says, are you Joshua? I say no, because three seconds later, I'm getting my hair cut, my strength falls out, and I'm having to say, yes, sir, in court. There's our friend, Jewish Bob, the weed eater. He
0: traveled all the way from DFW Dallas-Fort Worth to visit us, and he knows right when we say action to turn on and start weed eating, man. Every time in the Bearded Bible
1: Brothers, without fail. Shmona, Israel's northernmost city, just a mile from the Lebanon border, has seen its shares of woes. Uh, Asa's prophetic psalm, Said it all, it's faced massacres, suicide bombers, even all-out war. Most recently, the First and Second Lebanon War. In 2006, in the war with Hezbollah in Lebanon, over a 1,000 Katusha rockets hit the city. This place became a ghost town. 43 Israeli, Israeli citizens were killed and 117 IDF soldiers.
0: FYI, guys, this teaching was taught just days before the war of Hamas began. And once again, Kiryat Shmona became a ghost town thanks to Hezbollah joining the war. This should give new meaning to the teachings you're about to hear. It's interesting that a lot of Bible prophecy experts believe that Psalm 83 has already been fulfilled. Uh, you know, from the myriad of wars and conflicts since the rebirth of the State of Israel. In 1948, you had the Arab-Israeli War. 1967, the Six-Day War. 1973, the Yom Kippur War. We had Egypt, Lebanon, Syria, even Saudi Arabia. But none of those wars had all of the nations in a single coalition as Psalm 83 describes.
1: Yet despite all of the attempts of the enemy to destroy the Israeli people today, they still thrive around me. You can see commerce. You can see uh, all of the amenities of a normal life as people still flourish here in Kiryat Shmona. Psalm 5 through eight says, for they have consulted together
0: with one consent. They form a confederacy against you, the tents of Edom and Ishmaelites. Moab and the Hagrites, Gibal, Biblos, Ammon, and Amalek. Philistia with the inhabitants of Tyre. Assyria also has joined with them. They have helped the children of Lot. Salam.
1: These are the modern day countries of those from times past. They form a confederacy, more literally a covenant, Brit in Hebrew. This covenant is a satanic one where they literally sell their soul to darkness. I think someone needs to discuss the elephant in the room.
0: It's a child's playground. There's three dirty old rusted tanks hijacked from Lebanon. I mean, someone could get tetanus playing on one of those things. Well, these nations listed, the leader is Edom and the Ishmaelites. And you know the conflict in times past with Jacob and Esau. Esau is Edom. And though these two brothers settled their dispute toward the end of their lives, uh, the generations of their children did not, and the conflict continued. Well, these Edomites, or so-called Palestinians as we refer to them, uh, carried on uh, through history. When the 1948 Arab-Israeli War happened, they left the country at the behest of their hatred for the Jews. They came into countries like Jordan, who promised them you know, citizenship or, or rights, and, and once they conquered Israel, they would come back that they never got to, got to come back because Israel won. I mean, we, we obtained the victory, and then they were treated as third-class citizens in those countries, so these are the Edomites, which would uh, possibly be
1: the West Bank territory as well. Those Ishmaelites, the descendants of the redheaded stepchild Ishmael, yeah. who was Abraham's son with his bond servant from Egypt, Hagar. Yeah. We know that this feud was formed because God chose Isaac to put the covenant with, not Ishmael. As the descendants went on, even though God blessed his descendants with 12 sons and massive land because his father was Abraham, it wasn't enough for them. Saudi Arabia wasn't enough. They wanted the small land of Israel. Genesis 16, 12. Ishmael. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. The next country is Ammon and Moab.
0: These were the illegitimate children that Lot had through his two daughters. They have
1: been a conflict with Israel since the beginning. Hagarites are from Egypt, the descendants of Hagar, and they never lost their hatred for Israel. That's right, Josh. And the
0: next group is the Philistines. Um, You think of Philistines as The Palestinians today, that's what they claim their moniker as. They were originally Greek seafaring people and they weren't the the Arab nationals that people try to claim today. It was all part of a disinformation campaign created by Yasser Arafat, who's Egyptian born, who decided this was a plan to claim that they were the original Philistines, the Palestinians,
1: to claim that territory of Israel. Syria is interesting. Its territory stretched from Syria to northern Iraq to parts of Turkey. That's right, and the oracle of Damascus,
0: Isaiah 17, could be part of this Psalm 83 conflict where Damascus is wiped out in a single night. But interesting country, Amalek, uh, one of the very last, Uh, the Amalekites were wiped out by King Saul at the command of God, Uh, but King Agag, his descendants survived and they became the Agagites. Uh, You know the story of Esther with Purim, and Haman was an Agagite. His his whole lineage and sea were wiped out, so how can Amalek, who was completely wiped out, wiped off the face of the earth, be involved in this war. Well, are they the Bedouins that live in the desert? No, this is the wild card. They could be a hidden nation. They could be mercenaries, people who join against Israel because of their common hatred of the Jews. But that, I think we have one country in this, Josh. Uh One country, uh, Biblos and Tyre, which is modern day Lebanon. Here we
1: are at
0: the Matula overlooking Lebanon. Josh, stop throwing rocks into Lebanon. I'm sorry.
1: Are you kidding me? They get to shoot missiles and I can't throw a rock. Okay, what about David? You gonna tell him no rocks?
0: Alright, Lebanon is over there, one of the participants in the Psalm 83 war. Lebanon has long been used as a proxy vassal for any disgruntled terrorist regime in the Middle East including the PLO in times past but today it's Hezbollah which is bankrolled by Iran. Now since the spring 2023 uh, Hezbollah and Syria and Hamas and Gaza have taken advantage of the political turmoil in Israel to fire off missiles into our country here. It's kind of sad but you have uh, reservists from the IDF that aren't showing up because of their stance on political reform. And this is only emboldened Israel's enemies. And right now, the IDF are preparing for the event that all that war may occur with Lebanon.
1: Just 20 years ago, the Psalm 83 war would have seemed impossible. Mm -hmm. But because of recent events, like in 2005, the Gaza disengagement set the stage. Things like Obama's uh, Arab Spring in 2011. So, it's going to happen. Now, you ask yourself this question, who's going to win the Psalm 83 war? Is God going to not protect his people? I think you know the answer to that already. Mm -hmm. So Asaph, he he implores God to Mm -hmm. lay the smack down on this coalition (laughs) just one more time. That's right. Psalm 83, 13 through 18. Oh my God, make them like the whirling dust, like the chaff before the wind. Pursue them with your tempest and frighten Mm -hmm. them with your storm fill their faces with shame, that they may seek your name, O Lord. Let them be confounded and dismayed forever. Yes, let them be put to shame and perish, that they may know that you, whose name alone is the Lord, are the most high over all the earth. Guys, we want you to hear our hearts. We are not hating on the Arab people, and neither was Asaph. Mm-hmm. He simply wanted what we want. We want them to meet the God of Abraham, Adonai, the one true God, to turn from the lie of Satan, which is a law, and to join us together forever with the Father.
0: And although Asaph does implore the destruction of these nations, we see that there's prophetic fulfillment, that God does take them out. Um, in these prophetic moments in scriptures that are parallel prophecies such as Jeremiah 49, Ezekiel 25 and 28, Obadiah, Isaiah 17 and 19, Zephaniah 2. These parallel prophecies were fulfilled in a way when uh, the rise of Babylon with Nebuchadnezzar, but you see specific terminology referring to in the last days, in the final times. So it is going to fulfill fully when God strengthens His people with supernatural favor to defeat their enemies. This is why we believe that the IDF
1: is going to be used to defeat their enemy in the Psalm 83 war. Now take a look at a map and look at all the nations that are surrounding Israel. Israel may defeat them, they may tear down the walls, there may be a reprieve, but at some point there's going to be an event called the Rapture. And we believe that this event is going to cause, well, a power vacuum. This is described in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Oh, Gog and Magog coming. And when Gog and Magog comes with that power vacuum that was
0: left because of those Psalm 83 nations being subdued, then they can march on through to invade Israel. Guys, the moral of this whole message is simply this, Yeshua is coming soon. Matthew 24, he talks about wars and rumors of wars and and these birth pains that we're living in right now. This must occur before we reach the end of our roadmap. To Armageddon.
1: I've said it so many times about Israel, learning, reading, studying the Scripture in Israel is so much more visceral. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been talking about Psalm 83 war, but going where everything's going to happen and, and revisiting the Scripture is amazing.
0: Well, we wanted to speak to an expert concerning the Psalm 83 war, Bill Salas, a famous author that brought it to light over two decades ago. You're going to want to hear what he has to say about this. Bill, you are an expert on Psalm 83. And the big question is, what happens to Gaza? I know that was originally the territory of Judah. Is there any kind of prophetic end to Gaza that you see in the near future?
4: Well, there's actually a few Gaza prophecies. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of them to you because... These could actually be involved in the Psalm 83 prophecy because Felicia is part of the Psalm 83 Confederacy. Isaiah 11, verse 14, it says, but they, and I believe that could be referring to the Israeli Air Force, they shall fly down upon the shoulder of the Philistines. They shall fly down upon them. They will move toward the west. That's, of course, where the Gaza would be, west of the southern-western part of Israel. Together they shall plunder the people of the east. Perhaps that could be Syria and Iraq. They shall lay their hand on Edom, the southern Jordan, and Moab, central Jordan. And the people of Ammon, northern Jordan, shall obey them. So it looks like we could have uh, the air force attacking the Gaza. That could be what's being said there. Then it goes on to say, it says in Zephaniah 2, verses 4 through 7, it says, Gaza is going to be forsaken. The word of the Lord is against you, O Canaan, land of the Philistines. I will destroy you so there will be no inhabitant. So ultimately, they were going to be saying goodbye to the Hamas and the Gaza. The coast shall be for the remnant of the house of Judah. So Judah is going to get that area that's part of their tribal territory. They shall feed their flocks there in the houses of Ashkelon, and they shall light out the evening, for the Lord their God will intervene for them and return their captives.
2: Kirsten and I have been to Israel 15 times. Joshua, you've been how many? Four. Four times, Four okay. Times. Yeah. This was your first time to Israel. I feel like I need to apologize for what you've been through for your very first experience in Israel.
0: Well, it was different. It was amazing. Most people don't know. We were there on October 7th, 2023 when the war with Hamas broke out. But God ordained that time for us to be there. And we did amazing things for the Lord there um, on social media. Uh, But many people were asking us during this time, is this the Psalm 83 war Uh, that's concurring? Is it done? There are steps that led up to it that looked like, you know, you had uh, Gaza, which were the Philistines, you had the north, uh, Syria, you know, they were shooting up, taking pop shots at at Israel. You had Lebanon, Biblos, uh, Hezbollah, you know, all those countries that could have been represented. You have the tents of Edom in the West Bank, there was a lot of uh, struggle riling up from those Arabs there. But you didn't see that full coalition the Ishmaelites and the Edomites joining together with this map Jordan wasn't involved Saudi Arabia wasn't involved so it wasn't quite the fulfillment but I do believe it prophetically set the stage for that conflict to come it's no small thing that that happened
3: on the seventh right the and seventh, then it yes. just starts escalating I just have mm-hmm. to say you know it's almost they, they equate it to the 9 eleven and it, it is a date what what a Horrific Shabbat mm-hmm. in Israel, a date that we will remember forever.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can imagine uh, being there when that happened and it being the 9 11, these are the birth pains that Yeshua talks about in Matthew 24. Mm-hmm. So if those are just the pains, the intensity of what will come in Psalm 83 and everything that happens after that. I can't even imagine what's gonna happen. God blessed us and protected us. If our schedule had been flipped in any way, we couldn't have filmed the series because every place that was attacked, we would have been right there in the middle of the attack. But God rescued us and he saved us. And we want you guys at home to continue to pray for Israel, Mm -hmm. regardless of uh, where this moment is for them, the rebuilding, the lives that were lost, the pain, the fear. This is something that's going to cause uh, devastation for much longer than the length of this war and we need you guys to intercede on behalf of them that God restores them and brings full healing.
3: Amen. We have more to come. Stay with us.
2: Our resource this week, the book, The Iranian Menace in Jewish History and Prophecy by Dr. Jeffrey Seif. As Iran continues to capture the world's attention with threats and tactical support of Israel's enemies, Dr. Seif uses scriptural and secular evidence to support his case for the Iranian Armageddon connection. Contact us and ask for the book, *The Iranian Menace*. We hope you will stay with us through this whole series. It's really like a roller coaster ride—ups mm. and downs, good and bad. What's coming up next week? Well, next week isn't necessarily more
1: popular. We're going to talk about the rapture, this harpazo. It's good. It's good, but people don't (laughs) believe it exists anymore. And so we're going to discuss it and show them uh, a version that maybe they haven't thought about before. Uh, That's right.
3: Ooh, I want to watch it. I want (laughs) to watch it next week.
2: You'll join (laughs) us, yeah. Time to go, guys.
0: And guys, remember to always Sha'alu Shalom
2: Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. As a 100% viewer-funded ministry, Your gifts allow us to bring you our weekly television series, social media outlets, website, and other ministry endeavors. Call us anytime at 1-800-WONDERS and ask about this week's resource. Please remember, we depend on tax-deductible donations from viewers like you.